I hope you know that peace tonight. It's a peace, the Bible says, that passes all understanding. And uh, I'm glad that Camden's seeking the Lord tonight, and we want to encourage him to keep doing that until he finds the Lord. And we want uh, the Lord to lead this service. Uh, we, you know, just want to follow the Lord tonight. That's all we can do. wonder if there's anything else on your heart before we try to preach tonight. I just want the Lord to have, have His way in the service tonight. Anything else on your heart? You, Sister Linda. Appreciate that very much. Somebody else, something on your heart. Appreciate that very much. Somebody else, something on your heart. Anything else before we try to follow the Lord tonight? You pray for me tonight. I do feel the need to try to preach if it be the Lord's will and just want to follow the Lord tonight. I, this, uh, this message is very needful and uh, you pray for me that I'd be able to present it the best that I can. Uh, we can never give it the way the Lord gives it to us. 
can't ever do that. But I want to do the best that I can. And so you pray for me tonight that I'd be able to try to bring him honor and glory. If you want to follow along, we're going to begin reading in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, beginning in the 7th verse, is where we're going to begin reading. Anytime throughout this sermon or throughout this service, if God is dealing with your heart and you need to come and pray, you just come on, seek the Lord while you've got time and opportunity. Hebrews chapter 3, beginning in the 7th verse. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if ye will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. That was reading Hebrews, the third chapter, verses 7 through 19. For the start of our reading lesson, we may read some more in the fourth chapter in just a moment of time if the Lord will allow us to. But tonight, the thought that's on our heart tonight is, Hear His voice. Hear His voice. Now, God doesn't speak to us in an audible voice in our ears. He can. He has that ability to do so. But He chooses to speak to us. And He speaks to our heart. He speaks to us through a still small voice that lets us know that I am God. He speaks to us in that way. And uh, it's a distinct voice. uh, Unlike any voice that you've ever heard or ever I've been acquainted with. And when he speaks to you, that's what uh, the writer here in the Hebrew writer, I don't know if it's the Apostle Paul, most likely it was, but he says, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if you will hear his voice. He, he makes a statement there, says, if you will hear his voice. I believe there's a lot of people that have heard the voice of the Lord and they ignore it. They ignore God's voice. That's dangerous. It's very dangerous tonight. And then he says, harden not your hearts. To harden your heart, it it means to endurate, and it means to uh, make unfeeling or to deprive of sensibility, to render stubborn. You know, we live in a society that 
Uh, we raise, especially a young men, we raise people to be tough and to uh, not show your feelings and to not uh, express things and uh, to, to try to su- suppress those things and not, uh, to not feel anything. I want you to know you need to feel God. You need to experience Him. You need to know Him. And if you uh, don't want to know Him, then you have an opportunity because He made you a free moral agent. You have the ability to choose to turn it off and to not listen to God. You can do that. I wouldn't recommend it. There's a price that you'll pay for it. But you have that prerogative to be able to not listen as the voice of God speaks to your heart. You can harden your heart. You can uh, not want to feel Him deal with you. Now, I'm not just talking to lost people tonight. I'm talking even to myself and to God's children. Many times when God speaks, we want to ignore it too. We want to turn it off and we want to say, No, you're not talking to me, God. You're not speaking to me because I I can't do that or I I won't do that. We better be careful too. Listen, he says, don't harden your hearts. Don't try to make yourself where you say, well, I don't feel anything. I'm I'm going to push those feelings aside. I'm going to sit in my way and I'll do it how I want to do it. That's dangerous, folks. He says, don't harden your hearts as in the provocation. What does that mean? That means that God was provoked to anger. He was angered by the children of Israel because of the hardening of their heart. He says, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. He says, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. How many things have you seen in ways that God has worked in people's lives and He's he's been a witness to you and yet you still want to reject and you still want to turn it off. He says, wherefore I was grieved with that generation. Not only was God angry with them, He was saddened by them. He was displeased with them. He had delivered them. From Egyptian bondage. Some 430 years they'd been there in Egypt and He'd sent deliverance through a Moses which was a type of Christ and He showed them that He's God and they came to the Red Sea and He parted the waters and they walked through on dry ground and God gave them water to drink from the rock, uh, from the rock and manna from heaven. He showed them that He's God. And you know what? There were still a bunch of them that didn't believe. God was not pleased with that. He's not pleased when people don't believe Him. He's not pleased with it. He says, Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always err in their hearts, and have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Now, God had a promised land for the children of Israel. He had promised them The land that He promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He said that you're going to be able to walk on this land and you're going to enjoy the pleasures of this land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And you know what it was? It was a land of rest. 
If they'd only listen and believe and follow the Lord, they could go to the promised land. But you know what they did? They sent those 12 spies out. And oh, they come back. Ten of them said, well, there's giants there. We can't go in. We can't seize it. We're just like grasshoppers in their sight. But Joshua and Caleb said, it's ours for the taking. Let's go to the promised land. But you know what? The people believed those spies. They said, we can't do it. We can't go up. You brought us out here to die. God has not brought you here tonight to just kill you in the wilderness. He has a promised land awaiting for you. A land of rest prepared for His children. And He wants you to come. But you must believe. You must believe. Who do you need to believe? You need to believe the voice of God. You need to believe the voice of God as He speaks to your heart. You say, I can't hear Him. You need to listen a little better. You need to listen a little better. Most of the, most, some of the most important part in a conversation with an individual and another individual is listening. It's listening, isn't it? You can't have a good conversation if all you do is talk and don't listen to the other individual. I'm telling you, we need to listen to God. We need to listen to His voice. And He speaks. And there's no greater voice that's ever spoken. And you need to listen for Him. Because if you'll listen, He'll speak. He'll speak. He says, don't be like those children of Israel that hardened their hearts, that didn't believe. He said, they'll not enter into my rest. He says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. He says again, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And I think that the writer made it very plain that it was a, a right now thing that you need to hear the voice of God. He said it multiple times. Today you need to hear the voice of God. Because one of these days you're going to hear His voice and it's not going to be in the same tone that it is now. Right now it's still and it's small. There's still a small voice of God. There's coming a day where it won't be. Listen. He says... Exhort one another while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Why are you continuing to harden your heart through the deceitfulness of sin and just not listen? People reject and they turn it off and they try to resist God. Stop resisting. Stop rejecting. Just listen to Him. When I was lost and separated from God, I didn't know how to pray. As I bowed down a few moments ago, I still don't know how to pray. I called before God. I don't know what I need. I don't know how to approach a holy and just God that created me and created the universe. You know what I do? I try to ask Him to help me. 
And I try to listen as He would direct my heart and He would guide me in the prayer that I need to pray. That's why I don't believe in a a person telling another person to repeat a specific prayer. You repeat the prayer God gives you. And you listen to that one. And it'll be right. And God will hear it. Listen. He says, for we are made partakers of Christ. We hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast into the end. While it is said today, he says again, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, they heard the voice of God. Did provoke, they provoked him to anger. How be it all that came out of Egypt Uh, By Moses, not all of them. There was some that believed, weren't there? There was a few. But most of them provoked God to anger. But with whom was He grieved forty years? Was it not with those uh, that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? It was a promised land. It was guaranteed homeland for them. God had prepared it for them. He'd set it aside for them. He said, I'm delivering you. I'm going to take you to the promised land. And Many wouldn't believe. They went part of the way. Went halfway. I tell you, you won't make it to God halfway. You'll go all the way or you won't go at all. But those that believed, oh, I just see Joshua when he came up to the Jordan River and when he was going over and God had given him the land and he sent those priests in that bear the Ark of the Covenant and they walked over on dry ground to the other side. He and old brother Caleb and they said, look what God has prepared for us. A land of rest. Oh, there's truly a rest. Not just on this side of eternity, but on the other side, there's a rest for the children of God. Listen, who didn't make it? All those, I believe it was about 40 years old and upward, they didn't make it. They died in the wilderness. Do you know who made it? Their children made it in. The ones they said that would be a prey in the wilderness. Who swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. Do you know why you're not saved tonight? If you haven't totally and fully believed in the Lord Jesus with all your heart. You've got to believe Him. Believe what? Believe He died for you. Believe that you're a sinner. Believe that the only help you have is Him. He's your only hope tonight. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. I believe with all my heart. People that go to hell and don't make it to heaven will not enter in because of unbelief. That's why they won't make it. Let us therefore fear. Who? Even God's children let us fear. Lest a promise being left us of entering to His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. I believe all of God's children will make it home, but there's a lot of people who will barely make it in. They've just been saved. Just been saved. Now you'll get there. You'll get there. By your fruits, you'll know them. You'll be there if you'll be there. I'm not trying to belittle anybody that's been saved, but what I'm saying is you will not have the rewards that you would have 
if you live for the Lord. Listen. He says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which believe do enter into rest. As He said, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for He spake a certain place on the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from His works, from all His works, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, for if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. There's coming a rest one of these days. For he that, has, he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. How can we enter into that rest? We have to listen to the voice of God. We have to listen to the voice of God. I believe we need to look back. You pray for me tonight. I want this to go out exactly how the Lord, I don't want me to be involved in it. I want the Lord to take over. So you pray for me tonight. I want to read in Genesis about the account of God speaking to the first man that was ever formed into this world. Adam was the first man ever formed. And I believe he heard the voice of God. I believe that. I believe God communicated with him. He was in perfect harmony with God. There was no sin. There was no issues. He had fellowship with God because that's the way God made him. Upright. He had fellowship with God. In the 15th verse of the second chapter of Genesis, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. This is God speaking with Adam. This is a, this is a, uh, this is a, a, a communication that God had with Adam. A conversation that they had. He says, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Adam was alive. I believe he was, uh, he was in harmony with God. He was in fellowship with God. He could communicate with God. Spoke with him. God spoke to him. He spoke to God. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make an help meet for him or a help fitting for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. I don't know why I've always skimmed over that. 
But I want you to get a picture tonight of God speaking with Adam here. And God would bring these animals right there to Adam. And he would look at them, Adam would. And he'd say, well that one right there is called this. And that was called that. And he would, uh, he would name them exactly what he wanted to name them. And who did he tell? He told God. They were in communication with each other. Listen. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. I believe he still had good communication with God. He was naked. His wife was naked. God was there. He talked to God. God talked to him. There was a relationship there. There was no issues that were there. Maybe tonight, maybe you've always been fine talking about God, uh, talking to God, uh, being around people that know God. Maybe it's never affected you, never bothered you. You know, until you come to a certain age, we call it the age of accountability. Some call it the age of responsibility. It's no certain age for any particular person. Only God knows when the right time for you will be. And you'll know it when God lets you know it. But listen, you need to realize there's coming a time where you can't talk with God like you talk with Him now. There's coming a time where there will be a no fellowship with God. And when you feel that, your initial response is to run and hide. Your initial response is to fear God and to run away from Him. He's, he's hurt me. He's letting me know I'm separated from Him. But that's the worst thing you could do. Best thing you can do when God initiates a conversation and you're afraid and you're fearful of where you're going to spend eternity is to run to God. Run to Him. Listen. Third chapter says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, This is Eve, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the middle of the garden, God hath said... Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. They heard God speak. God told them, don't eat it. Matter of fact, it would be better if you don't even come near it. Just stay away. But something you need to understand tonight. You cannot keep yourself from becoming lost. Can't do it. I know that Adam and Eve, they had an opportunity to not partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You, because you're born in sin, you cannot choose to not become lost. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. And God's going to let you know it. He says, 
And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. The serpent is Satan. He told her, You'll not truly die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Listen, the Hebrew writer said, Today, this day, if you hear the voice of God, I don't care if you're lost or if you're saved. Today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Listen. Listen what it says. They hid themselves, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? They heard God coming. They heard Him coming. God called out to him. Where are you? Even though he knew exactly where they were. And they, he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam and Eve had been naked the whole time. But they didn't know it. Did you know you've been, law, you've been a sinner the whole time? You were born into it. Your mom and daddy was a sinner. Their parents were sinners. All the way back to Adam. We were all sinners. Every one of us. And you don't know it. But someday you will. And if that's today, today is the time to do something about it. It's right now. It isn't tomorrow. It isn't later. You may not have another chance. It's right now. Listen, God spoke to him and he said, Who told thee, who told you, Adam, that you were naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Have you ever thought, who told Adam and Eve that they were naked? Have you ever thought about that? Nobody had to tell them, did they? I believe God let them know in their heart that they were naked. Because He did that for me when I was lost and separated from God. You say, well, why is God asking this question? You see, God was speaking to them in a personal level. He was communicating with them. I believe, and you believe what you want to, I believe they communicated face to face with Him. They were in great fellowship with Him. But there came a time where that communication could not be allowed anymore. Couldn't be allowed. So what happened? God spoke to him through his still small voice, I believe. and Let him know that he was separated. Let him know he was naked and without God and without hope. He was completely separated. 
And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. We never want to leave out that even in the beginning, it's pointing to Jesus. Even in the beginning, it all points to Jesus, the Lamb of God, that was come to take away the sin of the world, and He would put Satan in His place when He would die on that cross and raise again that third and glorious day. And that's what it's talking about. It says unto the woman, He said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam He said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And unto Adam and also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. God preached to them about His dear Son that was coming to take away the sin of the world, I believe. I don't know how they'd known about it if the Lord didn't tell them about the sacrifice that would have to be made. Had to be made. You can try to cover up your nakedness with anything you want to. You can try to get baptized and have your name on church rolls. You can try to do good works. You can try to uh, uh, do anything you think. It's just like sowing fig leaves, trying to cover yourselves up uh, before a holy God, but you're naked in front of Him. You're sinful in front of Him. And you need to listen to Him and run to Him and let Him not only cover your sin, but remove your sin. Get rid of it. Jesus paid the price to get rid of it. He says, and the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become one of, as one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. What did Adam do? Well... When God spoke to Adam, after he had taken of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, it was a fearful thing. It's very fearful the first time God speaks to us in a way that He lets us know we're separated from Him. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing because it's God letting you know that He wants to come into your heart. It's Him letting you know that you're lost now. You're separated. You're on your way to hell. And unless you get saved, you're going to go to hell. And if you get saved, you'll go to heaven and you'll be able to live with the Lord. And you'll be able to live with the Lord even here. But what you need to do 
is you need to put your listening ears on. You hear that in school sometimes? Everybody, put your listening ears on. And you need to start at that very moment listening to the voice of God. Because He will not guide you the wrong direction. He will guide you into all truth. And I promise you, who He'll guide you to is His dear Son, the Lord Jesus. That's where He'll point you to. And He'll show you, Jesus paid the price. Jesus did it all. Jesus will save your soul. You need Jesus. You need Him. And unless you listen to the voice of God, you'll never find Him. You've got to listen and heed the voice of God. Yes, initially it's fearful, but it's it's okay to be fearful at the beginning of that because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's the start of it, as it tells us in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. It's scary at first. It's not something you're used to. But I want you to know, you just keep listening. And if you listen to God's voice, He will guide you into all truth. He will give you what you need. But I'm concerned that too many of our sinners are listening to their own voice and they're listening to Satan's voice. Listen, you listen to God. He's the one that's drawing you. He's the one that's begging you. If you're lost and if you're troubled, He's the one saying, come unto me and I'll give you rest. That's the one you need to listen to. I don't know that I'll read all this for the sake of time because I want to give lost sinners ample opportunity to seek the Lord. But in the third chapter of 1 Samuel, Eli had not really, he did the best he could, but he was old and his sons were not following the Lord. They were wicked men. And the Lord, He, he sent a, a little boy by the name of Samuel. He blessed Hannah with a child that she said, I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And so she sent him over to Eli. Uh, he, she sent him over to the priest's house and he ministered and he helped him. But there was a night that Eli was laying at home in his bed and he was down there laying and he heard a voice that spoke to him and it said, Samuel, Samuel. He arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. You see, Samuel was hearing the voice of God. He was hearing a voice that he never heard before. And he heard it again. And Eli said, I didn't call for you. Go back to bed. I didn't say anything to you. And then he heard it again. To God be the glory that God kept calling. Isn't it, isn't it good that God is so merciful that He continues to call sinners to repentance? He doesn't have to. He can call one time. And that'd be good enough. He'd be just. And if you didn't repent and turn to the Lord. But he kept calling him. The third time Eli said, Something, something's different about this. It must be the Lord trying to get a hold of him. Must be the Lord. He said, When you, when you hear that voice again, you say, 
Listen to what he says. In the ninth verse, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, oh, the sweet, still small voice of God. And Samuel answered, notice what his response was, Speak, for thy servant heareth. You see, Samuel hadn't known the Lord yet. Scripture even tells us that. He didn't recognize Him immediately as Lord. He didn't know who that He was. And when you begin to talk to God, you don't really know Him if you've never been saved. But you know what? He wants to know you. And you can know Him in the free pardon of sin. And the Lord said to Samuel, and he began to tell him about what he needed to tell Eli. It says there, and Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me in the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit. He told him about his sons and about how uh, he would die and his sons would die and how that they had failed the Lord. Uh, He told him exactly what God told him to tell. And Samuel told him every whit. And he hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew. And the Lord was with him. And did let none of his words fall To the ground. Listen. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. First time God calls you, you don't know Him. But you can get to know Him. When he calls, his voice, it, it hurts, it's uncomfortable. Matter of fact, it's the scariest feeling I've ever felt in the world. I've never been more scared or more afraid the moment that I was lost and separated from God. I've never felt more troubled and more afraid because I knew I was separated from God. And I knew that I needed God. So I tried in my weak and feeble way to pray, but I wasn't getting anywhere until I started listening. Until I started listening. Started listening to when God would speak to my heart. Even God's children, we get get things and we get far away where we can't seem to hear God sometimes. A lot of things cloud our minds and our hearts. Maybe we've even been on the mountaintop serving the Lord. Elijah was. Elijah had defeated the prophets of Baal and he uh, just, uh, just brought back so many of the children of Israel back to the Lord there in Mount Carmel and he had done great things and God was with him. He prayed and fire fell from heaven. Great things. But you know what? A little old woman named Jezebel said, just like you did to them prophets of Baal and you killed them down by the riverside, there, I'm going to do to you 
The gods do so to me if I don't do it to you by tomorrow. I believe is what she said. I'm paraphrasing. It's in the 19th chapter of 1 Kings. If you want to read and follow along. But Elijah felt sorry for himself. I do that sometimes. I'm not, I'm not going to point any fingers. I do that sometimes. When I feel like I'm struggling, God blessed him, sent an angel to feed him there and give him water to drink, told him the journey's too great for him that you can't, can't make it without the Lord. So he went to an entering of a cave, wrapped his face in a mantle, stood at the entering of a cave, see him there, feeling sorry for himself. Poor pitiful me. Been eaten from a God sending an angel to feed him for 40 days. I've just eaten of the provisions of the Lord. Feeling sorry for himself. You know what he's doing? He wasn't hearing God. He wasn't hearing God speak to him. So God got his attention and a great strong wind went and rent the mountain and a great fire passed by and it uh, shook the place and uh, even an earthquake, I believe. And uh, God was not in those things. But he got his attention. And then a still, small voice. The Bible doesn't say God wasn't in that because he was in that. See, God spoke to Elijah. Elijah was just ready to die. He said, I'm not better than my father's. Just wish you'd take me on, Lord. He was going to, not too long after that. He said, there's not anybody left. You ever feel that way sometimes? You're the only one trying to do the best you can. Oh, thank you, Lord. There's still a remnant. Oh, no. He said, I've got 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. Elijah needed to hear the voice of God. God's people, church, we continually stand in need of hearing the voice of God. We forget and we think because we're saved. And maybe some may say my family's saved. We don't need to hear from Him. We must hear from Him. We must have direction from Him. He must Lead and direct our lives. Else we'll find ourselves somewhere hid in a cave saying, poor, pitiful me. We need Him. And we need to listen not for the fire, not for the wind, not for the rain, not for the earthquake. We need to listen for that still small voice that speaks to our heart. It's hard to hear that voice sometimes. I'm praying that Camden hears that voice tonight. I really am. Others out here that I want to hear that God saved your soul. I want you to hear that voice. But you know what you need to do? You need to do what Jesus said to do. In the 6th chapter of Matthew, in about, I think, uh, uh, I'm not, uh, the 6th verse, He said, you need to get in your closet. You need to get in your closet. How can I get in my closet? I'm in the church. God will help you to get into a place where it is just you and God. Where it's just you and Him. And we that are God's children, we better remember that salvation is between them and God. Them and God. We can 
If God leads and you follow. But we need to remember that the conversation when we got saved, there was no one else speaking except God and me. That's it. Enter into that closet. And he said, when you get in the closet, you shut the door. Close everything out of the way. I can't. There's too many distractions. God has a way of almost putting a bubble around you to get you in a dark closet where it's just you and Him and you can talk to God. I've been there just a few times. Not as many as I'd like to admit. Uh, but I've been there, especially been there one time in particular where God shut the entire world out. I didn't hear any soul praying. I didn't hear anybody singing. And I was at the fifth pew back at Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church and there was, I'm sure, plenty of praying, plenty of singing, but all I heard was God. That's where you've got to get. You've got to get to a place. And if you are having a hard time doing it here, go somewhere where you can find Him. I've seen people that have went to the altar and they couldn't get any a place where they needed to be. So they ran to the restroom or they ran outside and they got somewhere where they could get quiet with God. If you need to do that, do it. Get to a place where you can speak to God and He can speak to you. It's not between us, you and God. It's between you and God. Yes, we pray. Yes, we would love to see you rise up from a mourner's bench and God graciously save your soul. But we would rather you get saved no matter where it is. Because the latter is you die and go to hell. Elijah heard the voice. You need to hear his voice. You need to listen. You say, you don't know how to pray. You know what? I didn't know how to pray either. You may still not know how to pray. But the Romans, the 8th chapter says that His Spirit will help you. He'll help you. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. God's Spirit will help you to pray through. You can't do it on your own, but oh, He'll help you. He'll help you when you lean to Him, when you look to Him. I said a big part of a conversation and communication is listening us men, we have a hard time with that. Let's, everybody knows that. We do. Have a hard time listening. We as uh, God's children have a hard time listening. But what we need to do is not just listen. We need to heed what He's telling us to do. If you're lost and separated from God, you need to listen and heed what He's telling you in the surrender that He's asking of you. And if you've been saved, He will lead your life. He will. He wants to lead your life. And if you'll stop turning it off and stop trying to resist and you'll listen, He might even lead you to say, I thank the Lord for saving my soul. 
James says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. This man shall be blessed. That's who will be blessed for doing what thus saith the word of the Lord. You know what God wants to speak to your heart tonight? You know what He wants to speak? There was a man that was sick of the palsy. He was paralyzed. Couldn't get to Jesus. So his, some of his friends, they tried to bring him, carried him there. Couldn't get into the door. So they climbed up on the house, ripped the roof off, and they let him down at the feet of Jesus. You know what Jesus said? He said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I'm so glad. I didn't hear that audibly in my ear. But oh, I felt it when God said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I felt it. I felt that I was a sinner, perishing, headed for hell. And Jesus forgave me of all my sins. When we really listen to the voice of God, when we repent to God's satisfaction and believe in the Lord Jesus, you know what He'll say? Thy sins be forgiven thee. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll cast them away. You know what else He does? In closing, the Lord's through with us. You know what else He does? If you're lost, you're in a storm that you can't control. Maybe you're confused in a storm that you can't control. Your mind and your heart is just all twisted in so many different ways. Maybe you're saved and you're struggling with health issues or financial struggles or family or marital issues. Maybe there's just struggles in your life. You know what? If we'll get close to God, we'll draw near Him and we'll desire to hear Him. You know what He'll do? He'll speak peace. They were out on the troubled sea. The fourth chapter of Mark didn't know what they were doing. Scared to death. Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship asleep. They said, Master, don't you care that we perish? I promise you this tonight. He cares. He cares, I dare say, way better than any of us do. He cares. He arose. He rebuked the winds and the waves. And He said, Peace. Be still. You know what they did? They obeyed His voice. If you've been carrying a burden around for far too long, you go and you tell it to Jesus and He'll take care of it. You don't know the answer of where your soul is. You take it to Jesus. He'll speak peace. You've been lost, headed for hell all your life feels like. Don't know what else to do. You come to Jesus. You seek Him. You listen. And you listen attentively to His voice. And if you listen and you look to Him with all your heart and faith, believe and He'll speak peace. I'm glad to know the peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm glad... That I heard him speak, not in these ears, but oh, when he spoke peace to my heart. You see, just as Adam and Eve knew 
when their eyes were open and they were naked, they were lost. I believe they were dead in trespasses and sins. I believe it was their age of accountability. I believe they were headed for hell. God told them they would die. They did spiritually. Just as God speaks and is fearful and He's telling you you're headed for hell, the same God that told me I was lost in one night and told me that I was going to hell in a few, maybe minutes, hours, I don't know how long that it was when I came to Him and I sought Him and I begged Him. He, the same God, spoke peace to my heart. Same God. It's not another God. Same one. When He speaks, the day that He speaks, He said today, when that day is, if it's today, whenever it is, when He speaks, you run to Him. And you listen to Him. You need to turn everything else off. I've heard so many testimonies. Of people trying to get saved the way everybody else got saved. You will not get it somebody else's way. You'll get it God's way. You don't listen to how they're telling you to pray. Don't listen to where they found the Lord. You go find your own Bethel. And it'll be yours. It'll be yours. Where you found the Lord. And nobody will have something as special as you will because it's yours. You listen to one and one alone, and that's God. You listen to Him. If He is calling to you, He wants you to enter into His rest. He wants you to enter into His rest. Those children of Israel, they couldn't enter, could they? Couldn't enter because of unbelief. God wants you to enter in, but you're going to have to Believe. You're going to have to trust in the Lord with all your heart. I needed to read this. I, it just came to us. Felt necessary to read it tonight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When Jesus calls, you come. You come to Jesus. It's fearful, but when you come, it'll be worth it. While we, if we can have a song. If you're here tonight and you're lost, won't you come? Pray for Camden. I guess he probably went back there somewhere to pray. That's okay. That's okay. I want him to get saved. I want him to get this thing fixed up between him and the Lord. And if you need to come up here and pray, you come on. That's where God is telling you, drawing you that you need to come up here and pray, you come on and you seek the Lord. And as you're seeking, remember, it's a two-way conversation. You can ask, you can talk, but you spend some time listening to Him. And you listen as He speaks to your heart tonight. Go ahead, Brother Mike. Yes, ma'am.